Hi, this is Against Everyone with Connor Habib, a podcast featuring my conversations with countercultural figures and presenting complex philosophical, spiritual, and political ideas and their intersections in an engaging and accessible way. Okay, so this is a solo episode. And it's a solo episode I've already recorded. It's all about James Joyce's Ulysses and the occult potency of the book. Why am I resurrecting this episode? Well, I'm very excited to announce um, that I am in conjunction with the Museum of Literature Ireland, or MOLLI, M-O-L-I. I am uh, running a book club slash lecture series, whatever, that's free to everybody. Um, It's a few months long, and it is called Ulysses for the Rest of Us. You, if you've been following the show for a while, might remember that in 2017, I think, yes, 2017 or 2018, I don't remember anymore, I did a course called Reading Ulysses with Connor Habib, which was, well, Reading Ulysses with me. Anyway, I... um, just led people through a series of lectures, uh, which they could download and, you know, to read the book, make their way through James Joyce's Ulysses, which is notoriously difficult, but also uh, incredibly rewarding and maybe not actually as hard as people think it is. It is the best novel ever. I mean, it is just an amazing book, an affirmation of being, um, and, Every time you read it, it's different, it's amazing, it's layered, and so on. So, I um, took that course, I thought about it for a long time, I talked to the people at the Museum of Literature Ireland, they thought it would be a really great idea to have me on uh, staff to do this program with them over a few months. It is the big book club for Ulysses, for the entire country of Ireland, but it is available to everybody around the world and it's free. So all you have to do is sign up, um, go to molly, that's M-O-L-I, molly.ie forward slash Ulysses. And you can sign up there. Basically what happens is you'll get a prep video, like a preparation video from me. And then every two weeks or so, uh, you'll be able to jump in on a live streaming event where I will give a lecture and I will, uh, on the chapters that I've assigned to read, and then there'll be some Q&A. Along with that, there will also be walkthroughs of each chapter in audio, so you can listen to them whenever you want. Uh, Some supplemental stuff, um, podcasts you can listen to, books you can read, uh, paintings you can look at, places that you can look up, all that kind of stuff for each of the chapters or each of the sections that I assigned to read. Um, there'll be guests coming on to the streaming stuff uh, just to talk about what the book means to them. The whole thing is sort of um, anti-scholarly. Um, it's very <laughs> informed by scholars because I've read a ton of books on Ulysses, but it's not a scholarly approach. In fact, it is much more so uh, to allow people to feel the validity of their reading of the book. That's what infused me with so much enthusiasm for it. Um, in my life was that my reading of Ulysses was really, really like nobody else's. I mean, everybody reads books differently and has a different experience with each book that they read, but this was really, really um, my own reading because the book is so layered um, and it is this amazing alchemical text of correspondences and consciousness all
mind-altering substance and literary styles and uh, great characters and a beautiful mapping and portrait of Dublin and Irish history and religion and theological concepts, concepts about Shakespeare. I mean, I'm just going to go on and on. So I'm going to shut up right now about that. But listen, sign up for the course. And if you sign up for my Patreon uh, at the $10 level or higher, so if you're already on the $10 level or higher, hello, hey, this applies to you. If not, go to patreon.com forward slash Connor Habib. And if you stay at the $10 level or higher from this month, you got to do it before the end of June uh, 2021 until the end of the course. So you stay on from June until the month turns over into October. I'll send you a PDF of all the lectures that I give um, for the reading course that I'm doing with Molly. So sign up for that, patreon.com forward slash Connor Habib. I'm going to be back next week, of course, with a guest, uh, like a sort of standard episode. But this episode is all about the occult power of Ulysses, what it gives to you as an occult text, as a reader. I know that might sound a little bit weird, but I've actually, since I recorded this episode in 2019, um, it was like a little mini episode that kind of fell under the radar um, at the time. But since I've recorded it, I've learned so much more about all the occult stuff around Ulysses. So I may revisit this at a certain point um, and bring it up again. But I think this is a really good foundation for why there is some spiritual, real spiritual potency to this text. Um, anyway, I love it. Um, and I'm very excited to be offering this course. So two things, ready? Molly, M-O-L-I dot I-E forward slash Ulysses to sign up for the course for free and patreon.com forward slash Connor Habib and sign up at the $10 level or higher, uh, until October. And you'll get a PDF of all the lectures that I'm giving. All right, that's it. Here is Occult Ulysses for the rest of us. Today is a day called Bloomsday, uh, June 16th, which celebrates the events um, that take place in my favorite novel, Ulysses by James Joyce. Now, um, I wanted to release this today sort of in honor of the fact that this is the first Bloomsday that I've been alive, where I've been in Dublin, where all the events in the book take place. And I couldn't be more excited. It's a big deal here. Uh, Ulysses uh, taking place here, of course, has inspired Dubliners to do all sorts of cool things the week before and the day of. So. Shortly after I post this episode, I'll be going out uh, down to the canals here in the city to see a bunch of people acting like amazing, uh, ridiculous fools wearing silly hats and dressing up like characters from Ulysses and doing cosplay. But I mean, just think about how amazing that is, that there's a celebration of an extremely experimental, dense, highly artistic and intellectual, philosophical, and also hilarious, amazing book. So um, 
I want to talk about the occult aspects of Ulysses um, and also why it speaks to me so much. It's going to be a quick episode. Um, so, um, the occult power of Ulysses. Well, let me just sort of tell you about Ulysses a little bit. Um, <laughs> Ulysses is a novel, in case you have not read it, um, which many people have not including many of the people who say they have. Um, it's about, you know, two men, Stephen Dedalus, a sort of intellectual uh, thinker, not exactly philosopher, but highly kind of literary person who was the center of Joyce's book, Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man, which uh, came out before Ulysses. Um, and... Another man named Leopold Bloom, for whom Bloomsday is named, who is a kind of just nice guy <laughs> who's, you know, married and uh, he's very thoughtful and kind of compassionate. He's a bit of a sweetheart. He's a thinker himself, but he doesn't sort of embed himself in the world of letters. He's just not like that. Well, uh, well to some extent he does, but really that's not what his whole life is about. Um by letters, I mean, you know, philosophy and intellectualism and high art, that kind of stuff. Um, so anyway, these two characters basically wander through the city and, you know, brush by each other. And then at some point they meet. And that's it, except that you also get uh, one extra long chapter at the end. I don't think I'm spoiling this for anybody, which is Leopold Bloom's wife, Molly Bloom, uh, lying in bed. Uh, drifting in and out of sleep and just thinking, and it's incredible. So uh, it sounds very simple, but after the first sort of three chapters, four chapters or so, the novel shifts into having different literary styles for each chapter that are supposed to unfurl different kinds of experiences for the reader. So one of the chapters is uh, takes the structure of a musical fugue. Uh, another chapter takes on all the sort of rush and topicality and headlines and sensationalism of journalism. Another chapter goes through different uh, forms of literature throughout the ages uh, and styles. And one takes a the form of a really long play, uh, an almost absurdist play. So it really just goes all over the place. And so is thus it's known as a very difficult book to read. Um, I think that it is uh, hard for a lot of people, especially nowadays, to read this book. But once you get in the rhythms of it, and once you commit yourself to it, it becomes something uh, really marvelous and funny and weird and exciting. And I think that it has a lot uh, to give to people who are into the occult that are into magic. Now, there are a bunch of reasons why I think that's true. The first is really simple. There's a lot of occultism in it. References to Mason's uh, A.E., uh, who's a famous uh, Irish writer, uh, is featured in the book as a character, and you know he brings up theosophy. And so there's some 
just direct talk from characters in the book about the occult, and A.E. actually had a rather uh, important influence on Joyce and Joyce's life. And there uh, are also just mentions of different religions um, and how they conflict with each other and merge in and out of each other. So there's some direct content about occultism and spirituality in this book. There's certainly plenty about um, Catholicism, but lots of esoteric Christian references as well. So I think that that's just one of the very plain and easy reasons to pick up Ulysses if you're interested in the occult. Um, we're going to get to the main one, but I'm going to save that for last. The, the second one is just that it, this book is about the primacy of the individual. And what I mean by that is this book is really a celebration, you know, not just of Ireland, not just of Dubliners or Dublin, but it's a celebration of the individual. Um, the individual reader, the person who reads it, because everybody who reads Ulysses has a different experience of it and picks up on different things because it has so much in there. Um, so also the individual reading of the book, the individual book itself, and the potential that any book can have, that any text can have. Um, the individual characters in the book and the way that they think and move throughout the world and you know how much potential just a single day you know this all takes place on june 16th well really into the evening but all takes place on june 16th so the single day that can unfold into so many different uh textures and directions and possibilities in people's lives and just how amazing that is and so you've probably heard the you know uh, the typical way of talking about Ulysses is that it mirrors the Odyssey uh, by Homer, which is true, uh, but in, in some ways that's actually the least interesting aspect of it to me. In fact, I'm going to come back to that as one of the reasons why I think this is an occult text and important for occultists. Um, but it also celebrates just, you know, the uh, the importance of different kinds of people meeting and what kind of transformations can happen even in chance encounters. So after Stephen Dedalus and Leopold Bloom meet each other, there's a moment where they just stand next to each other and, and piss on a wall after they've sort of been engaging for a little while. And it's actually a really special moment. It sounds, you know, maybe a little silly to talk about that as a special moment, but actually it's a moment that's transformative for both of them. Um, but there are a lot Lots of moments like that in the book where just small events can do something completely transformative when they're brought into the nexus of individuality. It's a sexual and vulgar book, and for me that has some occult power as well. Of course, the power of sex and longing that leads us through. There's all the sort of magical materials uh, that you could ask for in this book. There's shit, piss, there's cum, there's masturbation, there's lust, there's lust for people that should not be lusted for. Um, um, and just to get back to that occult thing of you know, how it's a cult in relationship to uh, it mirroring the Odyssey. I think what Ulysses does is it shows that cycle of mythology. Mythology is cyclical. It's always happening. It's always turning over and turning over. Mythology is revolutionary in that way. In other words, it's always spinning. 
Um, and that's what revolution is. It's a spinning. And why revolution is undesirable? Well, Ulysses shows that. Instead of recapitulating the glory of the gods, it seizes their mythology and breaks through and does something new. It says, well, you thought that these epics about gods and heroes and all that was important, but really I'm going to burst through that and show you the plenty potentiality of a single day in the lives of people that you would call ordinary. But this is so, so magnificent in the imagination and in the way that thoughts and objects merge in and out of one another. It's actually something that people find very difficult about the book, um, but is one of the book's greatest gifts, is that you can't tell all the time when someone's thinking or when something is happening or we're in this sort of material world. So there could be, you know, someone setting a glass, I'm just making this example up, there could be somebody setting a glass down on a table and then suddenly we're in thoughts about a painting um, and there's no division in between. So that's what people mistakenly call stream of consciousness. It's not a stream of consciousness book. That's such a degradation of what this is. In fact, it is a phenomenologically uh, acute and accurate work. It shows us that there's a continuity between thoughts and objects, between our inner and our outer selves, by constantly moving in and out of those without having such strong demarcation as other books. Um, so that's something that makes it difficult sometimes because people don't always have their bearings in that. Um, but anyway, <laughs> just to say that rather than get into what the gods are up to and what heroes are up to, it says, no, do you not see that life itself and the life of every single individual here caught in all these forces of the gods, that's where the real action is. We need to move forward into our own individuality. That's not a regression. That's a celebration of new possibility outside of mythology, breaking that wheel and creating something new. And it really did create something new. Uh, there's really no denying that about Ulysses. It created such a sensation and literature was never the same after it. And all these writers uh, kind of fell at James Joyce's feet. Some literally, F. Scott Fitzgerald uh, <laughs> got down on his knees in front of Joyce and said, please, if you tell me to jump out of that window over there, I'll do it for you. And Joyce said, no, please don't do that. <laughs> and turned to someone and said, oh, I think that young man's going to hurt himself. Um, anyway, so uh, I also think that, you know, it, with all that obscenity in the book, it took a lot of organizing just to get the book out. So this book owes its life to mostly women who are anarchists who decided to put the book out. And a lot of these women who are anarchists were working on big, big metaphysical ideas. One of them in particular, Dora Marsden, um, who was so, again, invested in the power and the importance of individuality. And she was a total activist and a total... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a totally intense person who heckled big world leaders and at a time when, you know, as women, that was something very difficult. It was difficult for anybody to do, but particularly difficult for women to do. And she was constantly writing about uh, anarchism and freedom and what was available to all of us beyond uh, even the laws of physics. Um, so this book came out as a result of a lot of women who are anarchists pushing for, or, or communists in some cases, pushing for this book to come out. And in fact, Joyce made an anarchist statement about his art. He said, as an artist, 
I am against every state. The state is concentric. Man is eccentric. Uh, so he was himself, in a way, an anarchist. At one point he said he was a socialist, but then sort of moved away from that, only because he thought that socialism would be better for art uh, in, in one way or another. And he, he, did a lot of, uh, he did a lot of political things. We don't credit him for that that much. Uh, one of them was helping a bunch of Jewish people uh, flee the Nazis, basically, and escape uh, to safety. Um, okay, so now let's get to the meat and bones of why I think this book is really important um, for occultists to look at and for people who are interested in magic and spirituality to look at, and that is the effect that the book has on the reader. When you read Ulysses, it begins to change the structure of your consciousness. So, in other words, some books you can read about magic in. So you read a book and it's about magic and you learn. On the other hand, some texts are themselves magic. Now, all texts are magic. You're decoding symbols that are turning uh, into engagements with your senses and your thoughts, and they're you know engaging with photons and light and reflectivity of the page and entering into you know this complex of your brain and also engaging with your mind and your spiritual self and your history and your imagination and blah 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 and images are being co-created. Books are all like that. They're very advanced magical technologies, but some books have a different kind of magic. And they're very few and far between. And Ulysses, and then of course later Finnegan's Wake, but that magic is a little too difficult for me so far, too potent for me, but I will approach it soon enough. Uh, Ulysses is in itself magic. What happens when you read Ulysses is that it begins to bend the way you think. You begin to think in this strange kind of uh, punctuated way. Uh, and that punctuation may take place in different ways, but you will see things in the world that you haven't seen before. You will notice things that you haven't noticed, and it will make you extremely attentive to the sound of your own thoughts and the uh, corporeality of the world around you. And it will, in some senses, bring you to honor uh, existence, including the existence of your own thinking and feeling and willing. So, um, as evidence to this, I submit to you <laughs> uh, that this very quality is what saved Ulysses from censorship uh, in the U.S. in 1933. There was a court case uh, called the United States of America versus one book called Ulysses. I love the name of that court case. And um, in it, the uh, person who was defending Ulysses, Morris Ernst, who went on to found the ACLU, uh, was talking to the judge about it. And then the judge scrutinized his ability to even read the book. <laughs> he said, did you read it? Because the book is so uh, dense for people sometimes that they find it unbelievable that anybody has read it. In fact, that's something, a common trope you'll hear about uh, Ulysses. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I said it at the beginning of this episode. People who say they read it have not read it, and I do think that that's true. But uh, <laughs> I think that people use that to sometimes denigrate Ulysses, but no, that's actually like the fault of the reader. You should read this book. So what he said was, did you actually read it? <laughs> And the defense said, and I'm going to quote him here, he said, Your Honor, while arguing to win this case, I thought I was intent only on this book. 
But frankly, while pleading before you, I've also been thinking about that ring around your tie, how your gown does not fit too well on your shoulders, and the picture of John Marshall behind your bench. And then the judge responded by confessing that he was also focusing on the chair behind Morris Ernst. In other words, they came to an understanding that their consciousness had both been altered by the book, and Morris Ernst said, that judge is the essence of Ulysses. In other words, <laughs> we have a court case that released this book into the world in a way that it had never been released before. In fact, a few hours after the judgment was handed down, uh, Random House uh, began printing the book. If I'm wrong that it's Random House and it was actually Penguin or something like that, I'm sorry. But the, the book went into, the publishers were ready. They wanted to get this book out. And as soon as that was passed, it got out in the world. So we have a court case document saying this book alters consciousness. And that is its essence. So... That is the power of this book. It contains occultism. It contains a celebration of the individual and the individual's power, which I believe is also an occult principle. It presents the materials of magic in it. It breaks the cycle of mythology and gives that power back to us to move forward and most importantly, it actually alters your consciousness itself. So that is my ode to Ulysses today on Bloomsday. And now I'm going to go walk the streets in Dublin uh, and uh, sort of overlay my existence and my movements and my actions and my thoughts with those of the characters in the book and Joyce and an entire history of people who have read the book. I'm very excited to do that. One more time, happy Bloomsday.